It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother, Dusty. What's the haps on the craps, Dust? Sup, dude? How are you doing? Pretty good. Thank you. Summer's here. The kids have a few more days in school. Uh, and then starting next week, you know, they'll be home with me for a full two months or something. Oh, man, that's crazy. Hey, in um, one day, I am going to be turning 40 years old. Can you believe that? I know. That's amazing, man. Happy birthday. Thank you. man. It Time goes by so fast. I remember when we were young and seeing our mom and uh, stepdad and our other dad, you know, seeing them turn 40. Um, it just seems like, wow. They felt like when I was, you know, 10 or however old we were, um, when they turned 40, it's like, man, they're old. And now, you know, I'm 40, you're, I'm turning 40 tomorrow and you're what, 41. And man, it just time flies by so fast. And looking back then, I'm like, man, 40 doesn't feel that old because I'm 40, you know? And so, uh, so tell me, what's it like to be 40 years old? Uh, it's the same as it was turning 30, same as it was turning 20. I don't feel any different. Like I, I truly don't like... If you would have told me at when I was 15 that when I was 40, I would feel basically the same as I do now, I wouldn't have believed you. But really, that is the case. I mean, I have my whole life ahead of me still. Yeah, maybe I'm halfway through it, but I can do just as much, if not a ton more in the remaining 40 years because of all the experience I've already gone through. I know so much more now. I can do things quicker and faster and better. And, and I think I'll have more life experiences in the next 40 years than my prior 40. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And I, I was talking to somebody a little while ago, and I was telling them that I'm turning 40. And, they, and this lady, I think she's like maybe 43 now. She said, man, when I turned 40, I was so excited, or I still am so excited. It was great. I was really excited to turn 40. And I said, oh, really? Why? Usually they tell you it's like over the hill, and you're going down the backside of the hill, and it's not that good. And she said, you know, what I look at it is... All my 20s and 30s led, led up to me now in my 40s, where now in my 40s, um, you know, I already have the house, I already have my car, I already have my business, I already have this, that, and the other. Like, I've already built up such a, a lot of stuff that in the 40s, I can just enjoy life. And I thought to myself, you know what, that's a good point. You know, I worked really hard in my 20s and in my 30s. And when I was 37 years old, I quit my job because I have real estate and I invest in rental properties. And now in my 40s, life is just absolutely amazing. I definitely don't deserve the life I have of not working, not yeah, basically go to the gym, wake up whenever I want, go to the gym, come home, have breakfast with the family and just hang out all day, go fishing whenever I want, play video games or do whatever. And I don't deserve it. But hey, man, now I have it. And so I'm really looking forward to my 40s because I could implement everything that I've learned and done and do so many more things and have so many more fun things and help more people and all that good stuff. So I'm really looking forward to my 40s. Uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And and um, speaking of, you know, you said helping more people. Um, you know, what was really interesting to me about the movie that we're that we watched Godzilla is that uh, the motivations behind some of the of the characters in the movie, they don't care about people. They're fine with killing billions of people in order to help the world. Did, did, did that, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it made no sense to me, their motivations in the movie. Well, I'm so sorry to it, jump from our personal stuff directly into the movie, but what you said just totally struck me. You know, I think it's great. I'm totally fine with jumping into it. And you know, what struck me is this movie did not have the cliche that, most movies would have. So I'm not, I, I didn't watch the one before this. So obviously they had, they picked up and I got the gist of what happened. You know, they lost their son and all that stuff. Um, so I got the gist of it, but the cliche that they could have done was a corporation, a big company. Hey, this big, hey, business is bad. Businesses are evil. And this big business wants to control the monsters and they're the bad guys and they're releasing them. That's what they could have done. It could have been just so easy, but I was really happy that they changed the narrative or this the storyline and had eco terrorists, basically people who just love the earth and hate humans, which in my opinion that's just totally backwards. But they love the earth and hate humans, and so they do. Is let's have the earth, you know, um, rectify itself. That's why these these titans are here. And so they had eco terrorists, basically people like tree huggers. They had them be the bad guys. I was like, what is this a Hollywood movie? That's just crazy. I can't believe they did that. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it the same way as you. I, I, I agree with you. Like 
Hollywood is so eco-friendly, left-leaning, all that kind of stuff. Um, why would they have the eco guys be the one responsible for killing killing billions? But I didn't see it that way. I just didn't like the motivation. I don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't know, man. Because you like the environment, you're willing to kill billions of people. It just it it would make more sense to me. This this is how I would have seen it. Um, uh, what's her name? Vera Farmiga's character, Doctor Emma Russell. Um, she had the logic. I mean, what I would have liked to have seen is she lost her son, Andrew. I would have loved it if she wanted to wake up Monster Zero in an effort to just kill Godzilla and get revenge. And all the people working with her from the soldiers, from other scientists, they were all people who lost their entire family to Godzilla's rampage. That's what I would have liked to have seen as opposed to the eco motivation for the movie. Well, I'm not saying anything that, that about this saying it was good or bad. I was just pointing out the differences oh, yeah. and how they, yeah, and how they normally do. Like you know, businesses are bad, and you know the eco guys are great, but they they flipped it and they made it so that the eco guys are literally just just um, it's not genocide. I like just just destroying every single human being as possible so mm -hmm. that the earth can regrow because they show oh san francisco you know when it was destroyed then it built up i'm like you know what as long as you just stop doing anything it'll eventually grow back over like that's one thing that i think is amazing about the earth it's absolutely resilient and so uh, that's what happens if something gets there's a fire if there's a forest fire it grows back so much better uh, because all the nutrients get burnt down and put into the soil and then it grows back and it's just the way that the the earth is is just designed to be such a resilient um you know thing but yeah so i understand there's totally different ways that the stories could have gone i'm not saying it was the right way to go i just thought i wanted to point that out that 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 um cliche of having business being the bad guy i'm glad they didn't do that yeah i got you i agree with you there yeah um other than that though did the rest of the movie feel pretty cliched to you um yes i mean all over but it's godzilla i mean how can you not have it be cliche yeah i gotcha i gotcha well I maybe mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons why there's there's too much like what you would expect maybe it was just too predictable too predictable and that's why critics on rotten tomatoes give it like a 40 percent right now whereas opposed the audience is like 80 80 something percent well let's jump right into that so what would you give the rating and why for this movie i give it a d because I didn't have any fun. I was bored at quite a few parts. The action scenes weren't too actionful for me, and I'll probably never watch it again. You're, you're uh, I am saying I give it a D minus. Oh, now, the <laughs> yeah. The reason why it's not an F is because the action was actually like when they were fighting and visually it looked very stunning. Like it looked really good, but I was not drawn into the characters. Maybe if I watched the last movie, uh, no, maybe none of the drawn... characters other than Dr. Ken Watanabe. I don't think any of them were in the prior one. Oh, not Dr. Wait, Ken Watanabe. I mean, the actor Ken Watanabe playing Dr. Whatever his name. Well, I thought didn't the, the Emma and her husband and they lost a son and everything. If they were, I come. I totally do not remember them at all from the prior oh. movie. Okay, because I did not watch the prior movie, so yeah. maybe I should have. But no, you shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> you're not missing out on anything. Well, remember the last time when we we were last episode, we were talking about doing this, and I said I was. I wouldn't say cautiously cautiously optimistic. I was like, I hope I'm not going to get let down. And you know, in my opinion, it was enjoyable at parts where you see them fight and everything. But I did not feel any connection to any one of the characters. The guy, the dad, I, I just like, man, he just seems like a little whiny guy. I was like, man, this guy's... Anyways, um, the only character that I liked was the um, the one that died. What was his name? The uh, Japanese guy? Ken Watanabe, Dr. Ken Watanabe. Sarazawa, they call yes. him. Yes, I like him. I like him as an actor. And I, mm -hmm. I, for some reason, I felt like he had a lot more presence. But you know what was so funny? I, I made a point to write this down that I had to bring this up. So... What was a, one of our biggest gripes about the TV show Fear the Walking Dead? Uh, you're going to have to refresh me. I don't. There was so many. I mean, the main actress horrible. who had yes. stone face, I guess. They're exactly. That's oh, it. Oh, that's what, that's what you're getting that's at. Okay. It. Emma, whoever played Emma, like whatever her name is. Yeah, my Vera goodness. Farmiga. She's normally a good actress, but yes, go ahead. Go on. I don't know if she's normally a good actress. She might very well be, but she was 
like not just horrible but atrocious in this movie like her face was so stone cold like let's run away from this monster and she looks like she's "Ah, let's just do it you know she looked just like that one lady in fear of the walking dead where like it it, and i loved it it was so funny somebody created a meme about the that lady played in the fear in the walking dead it's like there's like eight different shots of her face and each one underneath it has a word for what type of expression is on her face like one is fearful one is happy one is sad one is scared one is running one is but it's all the same face like it's just her Mm -hmm. looking just like somebody just told her hey they're out of butter oh yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) and same with this lady yeah you know what uh kind of what i'm thinking is so vera farmiga and that woman kim something or other from the fear of the walking dead maybe they aren't emoting because they really don't like the role. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like maybe they are just, they just can't do any kind of facial acting or anything. But maybe like Vera in this movie, she just hated the movie. She signed up for it. It wasn't what she thought, and then she hated it. So it showed through in her acting. Maybe with Kim, what's her name from Fear of the Walking Dead? Either or th- maybe they're just bad actresses. I think they have the same acting coach. It's the same one. <laughs> just That's like. Right. Just like on Saturday Night Live, where you have Will Ferrell and you have um, Christopher, Re- uh, Christopher, um, uh, oh my goodness, I can't believe his last name. Anyways, the more cowbell. Just hey guys, I got a prescri- I have a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell, and it's just more cowbell. And the actor, uh, um, what's his name? Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher. That's what it was. Hilarious. Skit. Do you not know what I'm talking about? No, I've never seen that. I Christopher Walken, I know, but I don't know that sketch. Dude, Stitch. you ha- oh my goodness, that went way over your head. When we're done, you absolutely have to look up Christopher Walken, more cowbell or Saturday Night Live. It, I mean, he is brilliant. But anyways, um, what happens in the skit is they're playing the song by um, Blue Oyster Colt, Don't Feel the Reaper, and they're playing it over and over again. And you get um, <laughs> Will Ferrell playing the cowbell, just basically a drumstick hitting a cowbell, bong, bong, but over and over again. And he starts getting obnoxious, and the band is getting so irritated at Will Ferrell, like mad. And in comes Christopher Walken, the producer, the guy that's supposed to be the know-it-all, everything about music, gets everybody to be billionaires and stuff. He comes in and says, hey, guys, we need more cowbell. We need that. Just start playing more cowbell. It needs to be louder. Get into it. <laughs> Anyways. And so that's what I'm saying. They have an acting coach that is telling both of them, we need more stone face. We need you not to have any emotion on your face. <laughs> that's what you need. Yeah. Good call, man. I'm looking for, I got to, I'll, I'll YouTube that video clip in a little bit and I'll check that out after we get off the air like this. Um, but yeah, that's so funny. More stone face. <laughs> more stone. We need more stone face. Whatever it is, more stone face. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so speaking of the actors uh, and the movie itself, I expected so much more humor, right? When you have a guy like Thomas Middleditch in your, in your cast, and you also have Bradley Whitford, with those two guys, this movie should be chock full of little one-liner quips and jokes and just funny stuff throughout. And they just totally screw the pooch. I don't... I didn't. I definitely didn't laugh out loud even once, but I don't think I even got a chuckle once or twice. I think I got one. I can't remember at what point it was, but you're right. Now, you mentioned this a long time ago, like way before this podcast, like when we're in our 20s, and you mentioned something that there are certain characters, not characters, actors, that when the camera's on them, they just steal the spotlight. Like just who they are, their personality, just just who they, I mean, everything about them. Like the camera just gets sucked in, or at least my eyes get sucked to like everything that they do. And Bradley Whitford's another one of those characters that in my, like when he's in the shot, like he just grabs all the attention. Where there are other actors like uh, um, Vera Farmiga, like you're like repulsed by her. Like, oh man, I gotta look <laughs> at her again. And so, um, but yeah, uh, Bradley Whitford, he's got a great way about him. He had a couple um, zingers or one-liners in, in there, and I was like, oh, you know, when he said, "Let's bring him in for a beer," I was like, "Oh, that, that was kind of that was kind of funny." Um, but yeah, they could have used him a lot more in this. They could have, man. They they screwed up. And for for those listening, if you want really good Bradley Whitford, you've got to check out Cabin in the Woods. Uh, he's just phenomenal in that movie. I watched that movie. I didn't remember him being in there. I got to watch it again. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, he was wait, no. one of the two controllers down in the basement. He was a controller. Basement. Yeah. Yes, he was one of the two controllers. Yes, he was funny. Yeah, he's really, really good. He's amazing. And Thomas Middleditch, I don't know if you know much about him, Dust, but he's longtime actor, Silicon Valley, tons of commercials. Like, he just he's all over the place. He's getting bigger and bigger. And I've heard him on a ton of podcasts. He's a really good improviser. 
and they didn't use him to hardly any comic effect at all. He was the guy that played um, yep. Dr. Sam Coleman, the one that was talking in front of Congress with the beard on his face at the beginning, kind of like the, the, the yeah. skinny brown-haired guy. I've seen him in other movies. I can't remember which ones, but yeah, I could tell that his the way he comes across the screen, he could be very, very... Not necessarily like like a comedic presence, but he makes it enjoyable. And so, but yeah, they didn't really use him very well at all. They screwed up, man. And, you know, one actress that I really like, but I don't like the way, I don't know, Zhang Ziyi, you know, she's the Chinese scientist. Yep. You saw her in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Longer Hair, beautiful gal. But I just don't like, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird when you have a scientist person uh, I don't know. They, it didn't seem like she had all that important of a role. It seems like let's just throw in a Chinese person to give us some international flavor. I thought so too. Yeah. It was just kind of weird. Like um, her, just her accent, the way she said that. Anyways. Yeah. It was a little more rough for me to have her. And I, I didn't remember her in Crouching Tiger, Get Hidden Dragon. What I remembered her was from Rush Hour 2. Oh, that's there you what, go. Yeah. That's what I remember her from. But um yeah, yeah. I, get, I mean, they, she wasn't horrible. Like, it wasn't anything bad. But I didn't get drawn to any of these characters. Like, there was no uh, character development in any of them. It was just sad. Yeah, it is sad. And I really like Millie Bobby Brown. She's the one that played the daughter. Um, she's great in Stranger Things. And she's done a, a few other things as well. I think she's going to be a super big star one day. But this role did not showcase her at all. Yeah, I would say so. I think she did a really, really good job, like acting wise. Um, although her the character itself was really um, j- just like a brat, you know. Other than well, she that, just but felt she- unnecessary to the whole story. I mean, they put her to yes. use when she grabbed the orca and went to the stadium, but other than that, she was pointless. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But I think she did a great job um, mm-hmm. acting in this case. Mm, gotcha, gotcha, cool. Um. Oh, there. <laughs> so let's talk about the monsters, right? Of course, we have Godzilla. Looked awesome. Oh, earlier you had said the movie was beautiful. Fight scenes were beautiful. I agree with that. Godzilla looked freaking dangerous. I mean, you would want to stay miles and miles away from him once he popped up out of the ocean. Mothra, not dangerous looking. I mean, it's a freaking moth, right? But <laughs> at the same time, beautiful when it emerged from its cocoon, you know? Absolutely. And seeing those fight scenes and hearing and feeling those fight scenes. So if you remember in a a previous episode, I talked about the in my theater, AMC theater, they have the Dolby digital room Mm -hmm. and with television. With smell vision, exactly. So I went, I didn't want to watch a 3D because I figured, you know, 3D, is, it'll, it'll be okay. But I really wanted to feel like the rumbling and everything like that. This one was absolutely worth seeing it because the monsters are going to be rumbling everything. And so they made it totally like your chairs vibrate. You feel it all around you. Like you just feel like you are there, which makes it super, super enjoyable as opposed to 3d or just watching regular, you know, 2d without the digital, the Dolby digital. So that was really, really fun. And all those fight scenes really, really cool because they made it rumble so much because you have to, that's how you get the experience of them being so gargantuan and so huge and feeling it. And that I think with, with, them or the you know the movie makers using the experience of um, the bass or the, the you know really really deep sounds really really adds to the depth of Godzilla and the big monsters. It was really really good. Man, I I bet it did. I bet that Dolby experience is awesome. Uh, I was really glad though that I had my earplugs with me as I do for every movie, <laughs> as you know, because it was super loud. We just went to the regular showing, regular system. I'm sure the speakers are good, but not Dolby digital quality, of course. Um, and it was loud as heck, even with my uh, earplugs in. And my my you know Mason turned to me while we were watching. And he says, "Okay, good, you have your earplug," because he realized how loud it was. It wasn't hurting his ears, but he knew that that would hurt mine. Uh, oh without man, the even earplugs. Yeah, and Godzilla's characteristics um, scream or you know whatever that yell it is. Um, it's just it sounds awesome, like super super awesome. But yeah, that was. Yeah, like ear piercing it was that like that screech was so awesome mm-hmm. but i i really like that they're using the same sound for godzilla from what we remember back in like the 80s or however long ago when the first godzilla came out it sounds the same so what do you think about that keeping that same iconic sound oh i i love it it's 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 great it gets all the godzilla fans who grew up with godzilla through the 60s 70s and 80s it keeps them on board i think i agree so what do you think about the process of I guess the storyline where 
Emma is a scientist and then she turns bad and, and all that stuff. And then releasing Monster Zero, the the big bad big baddie out of all of them. Like what do you think about that whole thing and then that them trying to, you know, make that twist on you in the middle there? Okay, uh I like I said earlier, I would have liked it if her whole motivation was revenge on Godzilla. Let's release the biggest baddest to kill Godzilla. I would have liked it then. But um, with with the way it planned out, this is this leads directly into my Monday morning quarterback. You start with the smaller titans if your goal is to change the world. You do not begin with the biggest, most dangerous, strongest titan out there. That's not what you do. You start with one or two small ones, release King Kong in the world, release Mothra in the world, see what happens in order to do your quote-unquote create balance before you release King Zero. That is or a great Monster point. Monster Zero, whatever. Monsters there, yeah, because what they said was, I thought you were going to release them one at a time, but he called them all out. Um, This alien, and that's another thing is, this one's an alien. Like, why is Godzilla the king, but then you have an alien find us? And there's only one new alien here. Like, I, that was just weird. What do you think about that? I looked into it. um, That uh, Monster Zero, I guess originally he's called uh, King Ghidorah in you know, in the 1970s or 60s movies and stuff. He is from outer space. He is an alien in those classic movies. So they just, they kept that whole thing and he's an alien once again. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So they just, you know, they just continued with the story. They worked with what they got. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But I'm just thinking, why is there only one alien and all the rest of the ones are, you know, from here? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was just a little... Little interesting, but I really like your plot point or the storyline that you're talking about, where the motivation is different. Number one, where she's like, "We got to kill Godzilla because he did this um, revenge," and that's a good one. As opposed to saying, "Well, let's just kill off all the humans so the Earth can reign," uh, you know, be be you're healed apparently, um, which is rather stupid. But so I do like that. But and also what you're talking about, release the smaller ones first. Why in the world go for the biggest one? But it's a movie, so you have to have yeah. him come out. But um, now, where is King Kong in all this? Is he in the same like mind? I think they purposely did not put him anywhere in the movie because the next movie is Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, that's right. So they didn't want to telegraph it. They didn't want to show anything. Keep him out of it for now so that people are more excited for the next. Yeah, yeah. So in this, in the watching of the story... When she, it finally came out that she was a bad guy. Emma was a, a bad guy doing all this stuff. I was kind of, I was a little let down because, uh, or I say a lot of let down because of why she's doing it. But that she's doing it, I wasn't too let down. Um, what was really letting me down was when the daughter doesn't go with the dad. What I was like, what is the deal with that? Well, I, I can see now after the fact that she thinks she's on the right side, like her mom's on the right side. These guys aren't going to hurt me. We're working together. So, but it's like, this is your dad. He has no clue what's going on. And anyways, what are your, what's your thought about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, looking back at it, I understood why she stayed with her mom and, and she was on board with the whole plan. But now, now you're talking about like a 14 year old girl. She's on board with your plan of killing half the human race right now. I mean, there's something wrong with your daughter too. If she's down with your plan, mom. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could get it where you have a bunch of psychopaths that are, you know, let's go ahead and have mass genocide where we're killing millions of people. Let's go ahead and do that. But you know, your daughter is listening. You know, my 11-year-old, if I went, hey, let's go kill half the population, my 11-year-old will be like, what are you talking about? That's just stupid. Like, what? How? who does that? Well, we got to fix the earth. Why? Why do we need to fix the earth? Um, here's one thing that gets me is um, a lot of people are talking about climate change. And I, I talked to our dad about this. And dad's a little more climate change type of person. You know, he he's really big into, you know, saving the earth and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that. But here's my thought. I'm going to be contrary to this climate change and saying that we need to reduce carbon emissions. And I want to get your perspective. So everybody, all the um, Hollywood's trying to tell us this, all the, they always say, oh, 98% of all scientists agree on this. And basically that you have um, climate change is where we got to reduce carbon emissions in order to save the planet. And that's what they tell. And you have um, politicians now saying that within um, 12 years, like literally from right now, in 12 years, if we don't drastically like like cut it in, in more than half, if not spend trillions of dollars to do it, if we don't do that in 12 years, we're all going to die. 
I'm like, wow, that is just crazy. So track with me. We are, or what do we breathe in? Like we breathe in what, Sky? Uh, air, but it's composed oxygen. of oxygen, nitrogen, oxygen. carbon dioxide. Yeah, oxygen. Uh-huh. So we breathe in oxygen, and what do we expel? Carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. Now, what do plants breathe, and what do they expel? Well, they breathe in carbon dioxide and expel oxygen. There you go. So it's they uh, we use the term inside of Godzilla. It's a symbiotic relationship where if we're all gone. They're going to die. If they are all gone, we're going to die. And as far as I can tell, we are a carbon-based life form. If we get rid of all the carbon, it's not going to be good. So why do we keep reducing the carbon? So I'm just like trying to think this through. Like logically, everybody's trying to tell me, cut carbon, cut carbon, cut carbon. But when I know that they, and they even say that cows, cows farts put out more carbon than And methane, right? Methane, yeah, yeah, uh, methane and carbon than any human, anything that humans do. Like, you need to literally kill off all the cows. And I'm like, how does that make sense? I'm, so, what are your thoughts that we're carbon based life forms and we got to cut all the carbon out in order to save life when plants breathe in carbon? Like, how does that track with you? Well, no, it's it's idiotic. And what, what a lot of people do when they want you to come to their side is they'll use scare tactics and they'll use things like 12 years and we're killing the planet and we're killing ourselves. But if you want people to be on your side, you have to explain to them what they need to do that's in their best interests, right? So if you want everybody to start using um, like LED lights in their house, all you have to do is create lights that are cheaper that cost less electricity to run, and then everybody's going to be buying them and putting them in their house, right? That's that's all you need. You don't need scare tactics. You just need to give them an option that benefits them, and they will run with it. Uh, that's that's really all there is to it. You don't need to to try to warn us of the dire consequences because dire consequences. We as humans can't look that far into the future. We just can't. We're concerned about the here and now. And if buying LED lights helps me to save a hundred bucks a year. And when I buy each of those lights, they're a dollar cheaper. I'm down with that. You, dude, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, you, you want to make me start using less electricity than just like you said, make it so that I have the incentive to buy cheaper priced or, you know, basically things that are going to save me money. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, everything's going to work out. But yeah, it just seems like it's scare tactics. Now, what's interesting, if you look back in the... I want to say it was the 60s. In the 60s, they talked about global cooling. Did you know that? Like they were, all these scientists, all the, you know, um, leftists were saying that it's going, like, there's going to be global cooling. Did you realize that? No, I've never heard of that. So they literally did. It was even on on the front page of the New York Times, not New York Times, Time, Time Magazine. It was literally on the front page saying, Global cooling is here. And they even had a prediction that same thing, like the world's going to end. And they had an answer. We need to go to the Antarctic and we need to spread ash all over the Antarctic. Like Literally, this is what this, the, those scientists were saying. We need to do that. And I was like, what? And in the 70s, towards the 80s, then it started because it was starting to cool in the 60s. Like it was getting colder. So people were saying that. Now it's in the 70s and 80s. They're saying, oh, now it's global warming. That's it's It's getting hotter now. So... It's global warming. So now we need to cool down the environment. Now, fast forward to the 90s and 2000s. Now they're saying, they're realizing, hey, we can't just keep going back and forth. We can't say it's global cooling, then global warming, then global cooling, then global warming, then global cooling, then global warming. Let's just call it climate change. And I was like, man, how is that not for me being just, I guess, as analytical as I am? It's just, uh, trans, it's being very transparent saying, my goodness, if it's back and forth, climate change, that's a good way to call it. Let's call it climate change. And so it will make everybody afraid. Hey, it's climate change. Well, that's what happens with climate. It changes. It goes up and down. And so, I don't know. I, I, there are probably plenty of people listening to the podcast that absolutely believe in climate change. I guess I'm just one. They're like, you know what? If somebody tells me in 12 years we're going to die, after 12 years, if if we're still alive and everything is just fine like it is now, you better be able to agree with me that that person who said that is absolutely wrong because Al Gore in 2000, he said that the world is going to end in 10 years. Well, that came and went and we're still totally fine. So uh, I guess I'll get off my high horse and just like, man, the earth is going to be fine. At least it's in my opinion. It seems like it's going to be fine. 
Yes, I do not listen to anything that the right or the left says. If one side is spouting particular beliefs super loud, it's because they're trying to convince you they're right. And if the other oh, yeah. side spouts against it, they're trying to convince you they're right. But screw that. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. I don't listen to either side anymore. I don't give a crap. <laughs> awesome. I, I just go off of evidence. Like, what evidence is there for anything? And I just like to say, you know what? Let me make my own decision. Don't be tell like. I'm, I'm definitely a rogue type of person. Like, if you tell me something, I'm usually going to go against it just because, like, hey, you have to do this. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not geared that way. I, I'm an American, so I, I'm going I'm to go the opposite. Totally, so somebody, man. Yeah, yeah, somebody tells me, it's has you have to do this. I'm like, well, why? I'm going to question it. And so when in questioning, I come up with things like, well, it's just weird. Why do you keep going back and forth? I, anyway, so, yep. yeah. But getting back to Godzilla, with the fighting between Mothra and, oh, what was that devil bird? Rodan. <laughs> devil bird. Yeah. <laughs> the, winged, the winged spawn of Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, if you, for anybody who doesn't know, that's from Ace Ventura 2. That's one of our Well, episodes. they have to know. They've been listening to this podcast, right? Absolutely. If you didn't listen to it, go back and do it. That was a funny, funny episode. Yep. Loved it. So, um, yeah, the devil bird and moth are fighting each other. I liked that. I thought that was pretty neat. It was, you know, they were almost like an equally matched type of fighting. But then when Mothra goes after Graga, no, what's the name of the big bad guy? Ghidorah. Or just Monster Zero, yeah. Yeah, and then it like explodes and then dusts all over Godzilla and supposedly that is supposed to help him? I didn't get that. There's a few things. You just said you liked the battle between Mothra and Rodan. I wasn't a fan of it at all because it's so idiotic. This movie and movies like Rampage, you've got these creatures they have skin and muscle and bone they are shooting um uh what tomahawk missile after missile at rodan (laughs) and it doesn't hurt it and then all of a sudden a mothra comes with a stinger on its butt and stings it and it dies what is dude come on follow your logic it it or use some logic that makes absolutely no sense one sense one stinger through it kills it but 25 missiles doesn't affect it it's a bunch of bs so i did not like that aspect of the battle got it i agree oh i'm with you i completely understand what did why did mothra's dust help godzilla that's another thing when it i can't remember at one point but they called godzilla the king of the monsters and out of nowhere they call uh, mothra the queen of the monsters what how huh why are they fighting together how do we know this what's going on and they just the scientists you know it might have been zhang ziyi her character or somebody called her queen of the monsters and there's there's no reason for it there's no logic behind it they just had to have a quick explanation for how mothra could help godzilla I guess it's a bunch so. of BS. And then that all of a really- sudden it dies and it, it spurts this little Mothra juice on Godzilla and he revives. I mean, it's not really like monster energy drink or Red Bull, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess Mothra is full of Red Bull. Red Bull gives Apparently. you energy, right? <laughs> okay. So before, and remind me if I forget, but um, actually we'll jump into it. There's two things I want to talk about. One is that second city of Atlantis or something like that. That's one. The second one is I thought that, uh, what was his name? Um, one of the the funny guy. Um, uh, Bradley Whitford or Bradley Whitford. No, Bradley Whitford Whitford was saying that he that Godzilla had too much radiation and he was going to explode. So which one do you want to tackle first? The underwater city of Atlantis or him supposedly exploding in six minutes, but he never does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk about the underwater city of Atlantis. I I have something to say about it, but what's your thoughts on it? So it was rather interesting, but we have no idea. Like they didn't try to show us where it was or anything like that. Like it was rather interesting. I immediately got it. As soon as you see the underwater city, it's like supposed to be Atlantis. That's where, um, you know, he hides and all that sort of stuff and the radiation from the earth and all that. I, I, I get it. It was rather interesting. Um, visually it was kind of fun to watch, but then you have a flowing river of lava in there, which is rather kind of funny. I don't know. It, for him to go down there and hide and rejuvenate with all the, um, you know, atomic energy, um, nuclear energy is rather interesting. I didn't think, like, I didn't give a thumbs down or a thumbs up. I was like, eh, it's okay. Mm, yeah, I gotcha. It was just a part of the story, no big deal. And and the fact that that was his home and that's where he's been living all these years, yeah, I'm cool with that. I, I don't really give a crap. But what bummed me out was they blew or they set off a nuclear bomb 
in his home, which had to have been the archaeological find of the millennium of the century of all of human history. And bam, they wiped it out. There's nothing we can learn from that. Ah, it's, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta revive Godzilla. I mean, you can't not do that, but what a bummer. I absolutely agree. Like that is literally destroyed and it's, it's gone now. But what's funny is when Godzilla stands up, he's literally standing up. Like the ocean's not that deep. Like I, or no, sorry. They're portraying it like the ocean is not that deep. I'm like, how in the world is he standing up? Like, that's just weird. I, you know, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I guess they just play with the location and maybe he was on some kind of ocean shelf that was only 100 feet deep. I, you know, who knows what they're You're giving them doing. too much credit. I just, yeah. <laughs> says, yeah. you know, they're that deep and uh, it's just, it was rather, yeah, there's so many things that you have to, if you really like it, if you really like the movie, then that's great. But you can't really have to suspend your belief. You do. And, yeah, big especially time. big giant monsters. I mean, hey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on, that second point where you have Bradley Whitford's character, uh, Dr. Rick Stanton, over and over again. He's got too much radiation in him. He's going to blow and nothing. What happens there? I have no idea. Mothra's uh, juice dispelled (laughs) the power, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I was like, how does that make any sense? You know what was funny? Um, I really had to go to the bathroom. And so right when it seemed like there was going to be a lull in the fighting right before. And so I did not get to see Godzilla actually destroy the um, uh, three-headed monster. I keep Rodan or Grodan or whatever. Oh, wow. I, you I, left I, at I actually, the pivotal moment. Apparently I did. I thought there was going to be a little lull. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I got, you know. A minute to run to the bathroom and back. Um, but no, by the time I got back, he was already ripping the head off and put the head in his mouth and was shot it or something like that. So I'll have to try to watch it. But here's what's funny. Um, on, in watching the movie, you know, it was, it was okay. I give it a D minus. There were some interesting parts, but what was really interesting, you and I talked about the movie Brightburn and I was thinking, you know what? I kind of want to see Brightburn. It's a, it's a, complete hunt 180 from Superman. You know, an alien comes down, becomes a good guy as Superman. And this one, an alien comes down, becomes a bad guy. Now I will not watch it. But what I did was I was walking out after watching Godzilla and I saw, Hey, Brightburn. Well, it started about an hour and a half ago. Let me go sit in and watch it. (laughs) So I actually watched the last, like, basically you, if you just watch like the last 15 minutes, you're going to be happy because you're going to, you're going to skip all the, uh, slow just the lead stuff. up to it lead up to him because at the very end that's when he actually becomes bad and kills everybody you know does all that sort of stuff everything else probably before that is really suspenseful and everything but you got to see him be him his superman self killing people was really kind of crazy i don't know if i'll watch the next one um obviously i didn't watch this one but i just peeked my head in so i did that but the second thing <laughs> i peeked my head in on Avengers. And I've already watched Avengers Endgame four times. And I was walking out and I saw, and just after I got done watching Brightburn, huh, look, Avengers started, what, three hours ago? It's probably about the, or two and a half hour time ago. It's probably about the time that they're going to have the battle end battle scene. And I walk in, it's literally the scene where um, uh, Captain America is getting woken up by um, Iron Man and they're going to fight Thanos. I'm like, perfect. I get to watch mm. the end battle scene Good and all timing. that stuff. Oh, it was perfect timing for both of those. Yeah, man, that's nice. Um, uh, so get, just just getting back to this movie, there's one other thing that I really want to talk about before we get to um, uh, lessons learned, and that's that. So we see through the movie in the end credits and stuff, and and people who people are paying attention might know that the next movie is Godzilla versus Kong, right? And sure. I don't know if you watched the last uh, King Kong Skull Island movie, but I don't think he's nearly as tall or as big as Godzilla. So how do you think those two can potentially actually fight one another? They'll make them match up in size. That's you just because, so? yeah, because what I've seen, um, Godzilla is gargantuan and uh, King Kong is huge. You know, King Kong is just really, really big, but Godzilla is just towering. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to make them the exact same. But it's rather interesting. You have, um, you know, an ape fighting a lizard, and one has scales and one has huge. It'll be interesting to see how they actually fight and everything. But you have King Kong, who is basically stuck on an island, but you're going to probably try to get him off somehow. And then you have Godzilla who literally just, he goes everywhere. He doesn't have a home anymore. So he's going to have to figure out where to live. Now he might make a home in Skull Island. 
Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, after the movie, I was driving home with the boys and we talked about it and we came up with some ideas. So this wasn't my idea. This is just how I think the movie is going to play out. Just like Batman v Superman, Dong of Justice, Godzilla versus Kong, they're going to start off as rivals and then they're going to come together to fight some big other big bad. That's that's my guess how the movie is going to play out. But I was thinking like, how could King Kong like realistically fight Godzilla? And here's my answer. King Kong flings poo in Godzilla's eyes and then while he's blinded he climbs up and he uses a sharpened redwood tree and plunges it into Godzilla's brains 20 times that's the only way I can see them battling that's the only way seriously because Godzilla has that fire breath Mm -hmm. Uh, you know whatever that thing is he could shoot him from you know a mile away and get him and King Kong is just, you know, he doesn't have any scales or anything. All of his hair will be burnt off and it'll literally just melt He'll off his arms. Fire. super easy. Oh, yeah, he'd be done. So mm-hmm. it'll be, nah, I don't think I'm going to want to, I'm not a big Kong fan in general. Um, Godzilla is just, yeah, it's out. Let's go ahead and watch it. Um, so what do you think? Would you plan or do you plan on watching that when it comes out? Uh, who knows, man. I don't, this movie disappointed me. The last Godzilla was just okay. Kong Skull Island was, yeah, it was okay. I don't recommend anybody to watch those movies unless you're really into those characters already or those monsters already. So I don't know if we'll end up watching Godzilla v. Kong. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? No, no desire to at least. All right. So cool. Let's get into the lessons you learned. What's your first lesson you learned? Yeah, yeah, definitely. My first lesson is it sucks to be expendable. And as we saw in the very first movie in Antarctica, the soldiers are always the first to die. The scientists stay back aboard the ship, so they're going to be able to escape and live. The soldiers are on the ground. As soon as the monsters wake up, bam, they die. And the same thing happens in real life. You know, if you're an expendable employee at the bottom of the list, when it's time to make cuts, when your company gets bought by another company, bam, you're out uh, and, and you're expendable. So no, you've got to make yourself non-expendable you know you've got to be very important to your group's cause yeah absolutely and the a way to do that is to be over, do over and above and you know instead of grabbing one ar-15 to shoot people grab eight yeah you go out over, over and above there so that you, you don't die first yep yep beautiful okay so my first one is you always have a choice i think i might have used this in a different um, episode that we've done but the what is it really comes down to when the daughter's talking to the mom and the mom says, I didn't have a choice. What she should have said is there's always a choice. You always have a choice. There's, there's never a time that there's no choice. So even if it's going horribly wrong, you have the choice to make it better or do something to fix the problem. That's what the daughter did. Yeah, I agree with that. I love that. You're absolutely right. She should have said that. Um, to the mom and the mom can always change her ways and go back the other way and use the orca for good, you know? Yep. Yep. Cool. So my second lesson is don't telegraph your punches. And this came to me right away. Godzilla's fighting King Godira, Monster Zero, and all of a sudden Godzilla's spines start lighting up from his tail all the way to his head. You know that electric snout burst is coming and and, uh, Godira just did a super quick dodge and dodged it, you know? Godzilla telegraphed his punch. Sure did. Yep. My my goodness, I remember I learned that lesson in Mike Tyson's punch out. That's right. Uh, is, yeah, you always oh, I could dodge here. I could dodge here. I could dodge here. It's just like when you're playing poker. Hey, it's somebody's tell. I I know what they're going to do. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Yep. Okay, my next lesson is people are more important than anything. You know, even animals, even the earth, people are more important. And in my opinion, when it comes down to, you know, something else dying versus a person, it's the person's going to live every time. So that's just my own way of life and my way, way of thinking is that people are the most important thing. Totally. I agree with you there 100%. And obviously, Dr. Uh, whatever, Emma, she did not feel that way. She felt the world was above all. Let's go ahead and kill billions uh, in in an effort to save the world. Now let's try to save billions and save the world at the same time. That's my, that's my approach there. And it even seems like she was the one that initially, well, obviously the main bad guy. Um, I, I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. Yeah. I don't know um, either, but yeah. So he was the architect for everything. He was like the muscle, the military and all that sort of stuff. But she came to him. 
you yeah, know, she he had, said, right? Yes, that's what he said. And so she had the crazy idea. Let's kill everybody. So she was crazy. And that's why she, uh, the daughter told her mom, you're a monster. And like, yes, you're worse than the monsters. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I guess Monarch is the Avengers and she's uh, Thanos. Yeah, she is. <laughs> in this story. That's actually Screw good. Her, dude. Dude, they just ripped off the Avengers. That's I what, know, they did. <laughs> that's why I didn't think the movie was very good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cool. Well, I did not make a third lesson. Those two will suffice for me for this movie. Got it. My third lesson is never, ever, ever join the Navy because you may get stuck on a submarine. I could never, ever handle a submarine. Absolutely by far. So I'm never going to join the Navy. I'm an outdoors person. I am going to be you well, know, in the a mountains. Marine or an Army Ranger for sure. Yeah, yeah. So... My goodness, the uh, the Navy is just oh, that's not for me. And being in a submarine, I just being in those close quarters is just. I, I'm not necessarily claustrophobic, but I love being outdoors. I love that, and so that's where I would rather be. Yeah, Army Ranger for you for sure. There you go. Yeah, I'm right there with you for that one as well. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I did not. Well, I already gave my Monday morning quarterback. So what's yours? So there's so many Monday morning quarterbacks. <laughs> there this. are, yep. I mean, like, number one, don't try to kill everybody. Number two, don't wake up the first bad guy. Number three, don't do what you're doing. I mean, just there's so many. So um, I guess, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and just say there are tons of them. This whole thing is riddled. Like, when there's a good story, it's hard to come up with a Monday morning quarterback. True. When there's a horrible story, there are a bound, like, a plethora. There are so many of them that just name your pick. So yeah, there's we already talked about a lot of them. Now, I'm going to go right into my movie prop. Guess what my movie prop is? I well, probably one of the guns, maybe the that sniper rifle that Gal had. That that'd be sweet, but no, it is literally nothing because I do not want to remember this movie at all. That's funny, man. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't come up with anything other than I would really like a. I would you, you know how for all these movies because they're digital creations Godzilla's digital all the robots uh, monsters are digital they always have to make some kind of a maquette whether it's one two three five foot tall model of it like a scale model and so I bet you they made a four to five foot tall uh, maquette of Godzilla I would take that just because it would look so awesome that's a great great thought I like that idea now I gotta ask you which monster do you prefer Godzilla or uh the the um Gamora or whatever the gonorrhea Ghidorah Ghidorah there you go oh which which one do you prefer Godzilla for sure I mean the three-headed dragon thing looked pretty cool um oh you know what I really liked how when its head grew back I was all like what the how is that possible and then the scientists in the movie said the same thing oh it's because he's alien you know, I now I can kind of understand, and now I'm kind of down with his head growing back like that. Well, the reason why I thought that it was almost a play on Hydra, like the the Hydra monster, which has that's what Mason heads. said. He said there should have been two heads growing back. Yes, or that head would then that that got you know um, ripped off turn into another Hydra. You know that that would be the Hydra monster. That's what mm. I thought they were leading this to be the Hydra monster. Yeah, you're right. They they uh, they missed a really good opportunity, I think, to make to up the stakes and be even more dangerous. Oh my goodness, that would have been. I was when it would have got ripped off, and I saw, man, the head's growing back. Oh man, there should be another one coming. How is he going to handle that? But no, that was no. <laughs> <be> too <laughs> they, much. The writers said, "Eh, we're good. We don't need to go that far." Exactly. Yep. Oh man. So, well, you didn't come up with a prop. I didn't have a favorite scene. I didn't really have a favorite scene. The only one that I think is was really entertaining was the end fight scene. I mean, they 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 did a decent job because you had four different monsters fighting all each other. I thought that was pretty interesting. I like that. Okay, I yeah, I mean, I understand that, and it was kind of interesting. But at the same time, that that's nowhere near as good as I mean something. Uh, a better monster fighting scene is like the opening scene of the two towers where um, uh, Gandalf and the the Balrog, Balrog are falling Balrog, towards yeah. the, you know, three miles through the yes. earth into that lake at the bottom. That is better than anything out of any of these Kong Skull Island um, or Godzilla movies. I completely agree with you on that. That, that one little 30 second call. scene is better than I would watch that over any any of these three movies anytime. I agree. 
Mm-hmm. I'm with you. But if I had to pick, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I you could watch that, may, possibly watch it again, but I probably, I know I won't. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was vi- visually with the CGI, they did a pretty decent job. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, the, the look of the movie. I would agree there. So before we move on and uh, reveal our movie for next week, is there anything we missed uh, about Godzilla you want to talk about? No, I think we ripped on it enough. <laughs> cool beans. Yep, I agree with you. I am down to move on. So you chose this one. Um, I, I want to choose Dark Phoenix as the next movie we're going to watch and learn from next week. Nice. Now, yep, I'm hoping I- it's good. Like Just like you said last week for Godzilla, that you're... Um, uh, hopeful or, or might have been the word you use I'm hopeful that this movie is decent I know it's not going to be good or great but I, I'm just hoping it's watchable yeah I'm hoping I don't yeah. give another D movie two in a row you know I agree but usually Marvel's pretty decent do you know if Kevin Feige is actually a part of it I do not think he is this is he did not he hasn't had a role in I think he did some stuff with the original X-Men movie. Like he's talked about like the first three X-Men, but ever since like Sony, ever since then, I think Sony just 100% fully took over and they don't go for any real Kevin Feige input at all. I don't think you, you, you would think they would. That's just disappointing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, it's another person you got to bring into it and consult and everything. And probably people might get their butts hurt about, Hey, you're bringing in somebody like this, but man, if you want to do it right, do it right. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, let's see. Who is the director? I'm pulling it up right now. So the writer is John Bryan. Um, You're talking about Dark Phoenix? Yeah, for Dark okay. Phoenix. Um, yeah, I mean, director is Simon King, Kinberg. Um, I'm not, I don't have any thoughts of if it's going to be good or bad, other than it's not going to be nearly as good as all the event, other Avengers movie. Um, so the guy was... Um, He's supposedly a good amount of different movies and stuff for the director. Um, he was a producer on Deadpool 2, so that's promising. That is um, good. So, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, honestly, I'm not a big fan of the Phoenix character. I don't know why. Maybe in the first I think movies, they just haven't done it right in the movies yet. That's probably what it is. Like, it's probably a really good character. But in uh, Jean Grey with, you know, the first X-Men where you had, um, not McAvoy, but uh, who was the other guy? Um, Patrick Jean-Luc Stewart. Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Stewart. Picard. Patrick yes. Stewart. Patrick Stewart. So, like, I guess that character for Phoenix was, wasn't that great. And so I don't have any hopes for this. But, hey, let's, let's uh, be cautiously optimistic. That's right. Totally, totally. And so um, I was taking a look. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels, they're called Screen Junkies. They they put out these episodes called Cram It, where they will do a big recap up until, you know, before the next movie in a series is released. So they have the complete X-Men recap before Dark, Dark Phoenix. And so in today's show notes episode, I'm going to embed this video and i'm gonna watch it for myself to 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 refresh me on all the x-men happenings in preparation for dark phoenix so i would recommend for our audience to watch that as well before next week that's brilliant i'm gonna absolutely do that what was the name of that again uh well i'll put it in the show notes but it's called the complete x-men recap before dark phoenix oh very cool yep yep all right so i think that's it i don't think i have anything else left to say about godzilla you also dust nothing else i am good Cool beans. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one of your friends. And of course, you know how we feel about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. We want to hear your thoughts. And of course, your thoughts as well as any lessons that you took away. So go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 51 to leave a comment. We got our life lessons up there, the official trailers up there, as well as, of course, the embedded video for the X-Men Cram It video from uh, Screen Junkies. So check that out. Alrighty then, this has been Sky. And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with Dark Phoenix. Phoenix.